than bubble. I'm, I'm with you guys on when you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing that you think of bursting. Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and I've got Kyler here with me. We're here to bring you the sharpest sports takes. Today, we have on with us Mike Pendleton, host of the On The Mic podcast and world-renowned UFC analyst. We dive into his world a little bit, and then we go into what to expect moving forward from the UFC. We have an NFL Week 15 preview with some key matchups. Kyler, this may be one of my favorite episodes yet. Remember to stay plugged into our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Burst Your Bubble. We're available everywhere you can get your podcast. If you're bored at home, just say, Alexa, play Burst Your Bubble podcast. Then remember to rate, review, and share with your friends or literally anyone you know. Thanks for listening, and remember, no hard feelings because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. Well, Kyler, we're back again with a Friday episode. We've got a lot to get to, so let's uh, let's just get there. I want to hear one quick story from you before we dive into everything. Mm. Um you said you had something happen to you at work. I mean, Josh, a couple of things. And really, we're, the, we're one of two stores in McCurtain County that require um, one a mask and also two we hand sanitized at the door. And that is at Hoach Time proudly. Um, first, this lady said that hand sanitizer was discrimination against her. And then uh, another lady yelled at me and then yelled F you as she left the store today. So, uh, Josh, that's how, that's how my week's going. How about you, buddy? Well, Kyler, uh, the people that know who I am know that I work in the political world. So that is my day-to-day life is Mm -hmm. pretty much getting screamed at from one side or the other. So I've developed pretty thick skin when it comes to that kind of stuff. But I definitely feel for you and the uh, people running the business there. All you guys are trying to do is uh, continue to operate as a small business and in a time where America's hurting. We need to support all of our small businesses. And if you don't agree with the mask mandate or hand sanitizing stations as you walk in the door, that is the freedom of this country to find a different business to give your money to. But on Burst Your Bubble podcast, we will continue to promote small businesses um, all the time. Absolutely. And the only discriminating we do is against germs. That is right. No germs on the pod. You still haven't done it. It's a fight night it's going to be on espn greg hardy ex-nfl player is fighting again for for i think the third time this year the second time and i'm pretty sure he fought in november uh wonder boy thompson kicks off the event or i'm sorry he's the main event uh versus jeff neal that's that's going to be insane jose aldo's fighting anthony showtime pettis and guy and a guy named chaos williams is there a better name for a guy who plays a sport who you know is a mixed martial artist Absolutely. So, Josh, Saturday, you mentioned the we've got NFL on Saturday. That's a little bit crazy, uh, but it's going to be packed with sports. I mean, obviously, I, we just talked about the fights on Saturday night. I mean, starting starting at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning, we've got the Big 12 championship. And if everything goes our way, I mean, the Big 12 champion is going to be in, in the college football playoff and it could be Oklahoma. Yeah, I think that Oklahoma is one of the harder paths to uh, make a case to make it into the playoffs, but they are. They are in that discussion. They just have to hope that Ohio State loses. They would have to trounce Iowa State, though, right? Yeah, I, I mean, it would have to be just an absolute beating. Video Which, game and people don't talk about this a lot, but it is tough for college teams to – I mean, it's tough in general, but especially for college teams to beat the same team twice. Very true, then. each other yeah. very often. 
Yeah. Florida, Alabama. I mean, haven't they played? Have they played yet this year? I'm pretty sure they have. Yeah. You, so who do you got in the game? Florida, Alabama. Uh, they Alabama. played last week. Alabama is the best team in college football. Wait, no, no, they have not played this year. So you got Alabama. Uh, what about the Clemson Notre Dame? I'm gonna take Clemson. Me too. Uh, so Josh, let's move on to the football to the pro. I football. also oh, I also don't what? think Ohio State loses. No way, no way. They're they're the four best teams. They're gonna be in the playoff. I think we're all in agreement. There's no need to get all these kids sick. So let's move on to the professional people who are getting paid to get sick. Bills Broncos on Saturday. Well, before we before we start uh, the previews for the NFL, I just want to touch on the classic game that we just watched with Justin Herbert getting back to back uh, uh, t- game winning drives. This game went into overtime. Uh, Darren Waller is a beast. Derek Carr goes out. Marcus Mariota comes in, runs all over the runs all over the Chargers defense. Um, he put on an absolute clinic: 88 yards and a touchdown on the ground, 226 and a touchdown in the air. Josh Jacobs found the end zone. He was getting used all over the place. Uh, I could not have been more excited for Marcus Mariota until the final play of the game where the Mm. Chargers scored the touchdown in overtime because if you didn't know this, whenever the Oakland Raiders signed Marcus Mariota, he has a clause in his contract for if he comes in as a backup and wins the game, he gets a bonus of $375,000. So that touchdown by Justin Herbert cost him $375,000. Damn. I mean, I think – a person maybe not as happy, but, you know, that's pretty happy tonight, even though they lost, is John Gruden because he does not have to deal with Derek Carr on a day-to-day basis as his starting quarterback anymore. Marcus Mariota is taking that job. And if Marcus Mariota does start next week, that will be Marcus Mariota oh. versus Tua. So two Hawaiians going back and forth on in the National Football League, which would be great to watch. Well, there's no discussion, Josh. Mar- Mariota's got the job, right? I, I'm not – you would – Josh, he pulled him quick. He was hurt. He had a groin injury. Oh, was he? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, this was injury-related. He didn't just pull him. He was uh, questionable to return, and then eventually they just kept him out of the game. But Justin Herbert is the real deal as a rookie. Uh, this man, yards. This man, and then he added a touchdown on the ground, only had 14 yards. But this man Three is for touchdowns. real, for real. That stretch at the end, Josh, he was down. Josh, his elbow was at the one, and he extended the ball in midair, and then his elbow hit the ground. So, and we can, he would have won this in regulation had Michael Badgley, I think that's how he kept saying his name, didn't suck. Kickers Tough. just ruin football games sometimes, and this guy did. Missed three of them. Just not a good luck for him, but the Chargers do pull this one out late. So I was very happy for Justin Herbert, very sad for Marcus Mariota because, you know, the multimillionaires need that extra 375000 So This kid's a fucking stud, man. He's rookie of the year for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's move on, Josh, quickly Saturday. Two games, Bills-Broncos, Panthers-Packers. We got Buffalo minus six. I think they cover that with ease. I also think they cover that with ease. I think that uh, Drew Locke is still going to have a pretty good day. You know, I, I last week I thought he was going to struggle, but I think he actually found some success against the Bills defense. Obviously, this Bills te- this Bills team is the real deal, but uh, I think Drew Locke will probably see two or three touchdowns, uh, probably 260 yards, something like that. And uh, the Bills are going to go do Bills things. Josh Allen is going to absolutely dominate the Broncos, and it's going to be a lopsided game. 
I say by two touchdowns. Yep, Bills looking for their fourth win in a row. Uh, let's move on, Josh. The Packers, they are an, a, I've got a, a minus eight and a half. I'm not taking that. I think the Panthers. Uh, you you I, like the Panthers in that? Yeah, with that, with what you said, eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half points. That's a lot. It is a lot. I, I only think the Packers win by a touchdown. The Packers have looked good lately, but I think Teddy Bridgewater just keeps all these games so close, and that's the thing that you mm. really have to watch. Um, especially, I don't know what Christian McCaffrey's status is, but if he's playing, absolutely, I'm going to take that. I, I'm going to disagree. I like that eight and a half. I might, I might tease that down a little bit. Patriots Dolphins are going to kick off Saturday, Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, however you want to look at it. Patriots Dolphins, Josh. Dolphins are minus three. I'm going to hammer that all day. It's in Miami. I'm also going to hammer that because – we already know – I think I said this probably week one or week two. Bill Belichick always struggles against Miami. Um, he didn't actually earlier in the season. I'm pretty sure they beat the living hell out of Miami earlier this mm. year. But that was before Tua. That was before this defense really started to come around. I think the defense is going to make it very hard for Cam Newton to do anything. Um, if you play fantasy football, I'm being very cautious of Cam Newton. And if you have other options, that's where I'm looking. But you're probably not in the semifinals of playoffs with Cam Newton as your starting quarterback. So, I think I might actually be, Josh. I know I'm in the semifinals, and I could not tell you who my quarterback is. Josh, I found out today I'm in the semifinals. How about that? How about them apples? Hey, you, hey Josh. Josh, this is just between me and you off the record. You trying to drop, drop me a quarterback? <laughs> just drop him, I, and I'm going to go pick him up. So is this in – this is in the league that I'm in with you, isn't it? Yes, sir, it is. Oh my God! You are in the semifinals. Let's go, baby! You don't need it, Kyler. You don't need a quarterback. Oh, I have Patrick Mahomes. Your quarterback is Patrick. I need a running Mahomes. back. I need a running back. Yeah, you definitely need a running back. But yeah, no, you have Patrick Mahomes. That is why. Josh, this is what happens when you when you draft a team. You have faith in your guys. You show up to practice every day. You run the drills. You put your trust in them. And they get you to the promised land. In at least so, one of six leagues. So you need James White. <laughs> you need James White to get you a touchdown in a bad way. Uh, you said minus six. Yeah, I'm hammering that. I think the Bucks. Uh, I think, I think the Bucks win by ten points. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that this is just time for. This is the time that this team really needs to start clicking. They need to get it together, and they've been doing that. They've been playing pretty good. The defense has been playing pretty good. Matty Ice has been kind of cold lately. I, I just – I think that this is going to be a bad look for them again. Rojo's out. Oh, never mind. I will not hammer that. Also, uh, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley are both questionable as well. Ridley will play. Julio is definitely questionable. But actually, that probably means that it's going to be a split between Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. And I can actually get behind that. But I won't hammer it anymore. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, Rojo's a big part of this offense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 49ers at Cowboys, uh, even though this is in Jerry's, Jerry's land, Jerry's world, the 49ers are coming in as a three point favorite. Oh, I'm smashing that with my mortgage. You like the, you like the 49ers. In this. I'm going to completely disagree. I think Andy Dalton's going to continue his quest towards the playoff with this Cowboys team. I do not. I think they, I think that was a one week uh, revenge game fluke. And I think this 49ers defense is going to hinder or, yeah, hinder the Cowboys' offensive opportunities. I think Ezekiel Elliott continues to struggle. 
And I think that you see a couple of guys in this 49ers team break out. Uh, I'd be looking for Brandon Ayuk if you're looking for a flyer. Uh, I mean, he's not really a flyer, but he's a dart throw that's, you know, if you have to look at one of those mid-tier wide receivers, I think Brandon Ayuk's definitely going to be that guy. And I think George Kittle comes back from IR this week. He does. Yeah, the 49ers are getting healthy. I think that they're just going to beat the living hell out of the Cowboys. I and by beating see- the hell out of, I don't mean score-wise. Yeah. I just mean that they're going to pound the rock yeah. and, the four- and the Cowboys just are going to die. It's going to be 18-6 to six probably. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's just going to be a grinded-out fight. Yeah, let's move on. Lions at Titans. Josh, this Titans team is playing some good football as of late. No, the-, the Titans are not playing good football. Derrick Henry – is playing really good football. Josh, is that that defense, they're, they're playing some really, I mean, really finding the ball. They're an 11-point favorite, though. Do you trust that 11? Who are they playing? The Lions? Absolutely, the Lions. I do. The Lions don't have anybody. I don't think Kenny Galladay is going to play again. Uh, they, the center is probably not going to play. He was a Pro Bowl center that they're losing. That's another guy on the offensive line. Swift's probably going to be downgraded in a bunch of leagues because – one, he's coming back from the concussion. Two, he doesn't have his Pro Bowl center. Mm. Uh, the guy fractured his throat. So I, I think that Tractor Cedo, and I think I'm playing against him in like two leagues, uh, Tractor Cedo and the Titans are going to demolish the Lions. Yeah, speaking of demolishing, I think the Colts are going to demolish the Texans and Deshaun Watson. They're going to grit their teeth again. They're a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they might not cover that seven-and-a-half, but it's going to be – I mean, if they don't, it'll be by seven. Yeah, I like this matchup a lot. I hope that Deshaun Watson uh, can come out and, and score more than seven points, hoping he can find the end zone a couple of times. But the Colts are a way better football team. The Colts are one of the scariest football teams, in my opinion, in the NFL. I think they're a, a complete team with T.Y. coming along as he is right now. This team looks really good. The defense is solid. Uh, Phillip Rivers is a very good uh, – situ- not situational. Um, he's a very good – Quarterback, system quarterback. You know, yeah. he just does what you need him to do. Um, he's not like Patrick Mahomes going to go out and just absolutely win it for you, but he's going to keep the game manageable, and he's going to be able to get it done. And as long as – if JT continues to run 150 yards, 100-plus, I mean, this team is is one of the scariest in the league. I mean, they've won three out of their last four, and the one that they did lose was to the Colts on that heartbreaking fumble by Deshaun Watson at the goal line. So, I mean, the Texans are playing you know, somewhat good as of late. Uh I mean, obviously not last week against the Bears, so, but, oh, I guess they haven't lost th- one, three, or four. They've lost two or four. Not good. Yeah, yeah not, not good. good. you got to play better football than that. Can you, fire, the- can you fire the interim coach in the, just the middle of the year? Romeo no, not- no you, don't, you don't need to do that. I mean, you, you blame all of this on Bill O'Brien. First of all, you're going to probably look for a new head coach anyway, but mm. Bill O'Brien ruined your team. I mean, he traded away your the, arguably the best wide receiver in football and he just destroyed your team. He got nothing back. He got you David Johnson. Mm. Uh, I mean, you, you blame all this on Bill O'Brien, and you, you are not going to keep the interim coach in, but you're going to find someone new after the season. Why don't they just make Deshaun Watson the coach? Well, I think they learn. hopefully they learn that you don't want one person doing everything because they're going to yeah, ruin your franchise. Yeah, man. I don't think he would have traded DeAndre Hopkins. So, moving on, Bears-Vikings. Vikings are a three-point favorite. This is at, in, at Minnesota. Uh, Josh, I'm going to completely disagree with that. I've got the Bears my plus three all day. Mitch Trubisky is all the way back. 
Mitch Trubisky is all the way back, he says. Both of these teams are six and seven. One of them is going to look to even up that record. And, I mean, everything in my brain tells me it has to be the Vikings. Mm. Uh, I just – I don't trust Mitch. But That's why it's the Bears. <laughs> exactly. But I don't trust Kirk Cousins equally as much. The only thing that gives Kirk Cousins a bump for me is that this is a 12 o'clock game, not a night game. Mm, yeah, good point. So I, I'm going to take the Vikings here. I don't love it. I'm not excited about it. <laughs> I, I'm not really excited about this game. Uh, I think it's going to – Dalvin Cook's probably going to have like 105 yards, and yeah. the receivers from Minnesota are probably going to have about 50. And, you know, and the Bears are probably going to score a defensive touchdown from a Kirk Cousin pick six. It's just – I'm not excited for this game, but I will take the Vikings to cover that spread. Here's an upset alert for you. I got, I got for you, Josh. I've got the football team versus the Seahawks. I've got the football team plus six. Plus six? Oh, I'm yep. – I don't disagree. I, I mean, I, I think that they could – I don't think that Seattle is going to cover that six-point spread. I think that it might end up being a close game. The Washington football team has one of the better defenses in the league, and the Seahawks have one of the better mm-hmm. offenses in the league. But I think that this is, for all you semi uh, semifinal – Fancy football players, this is Terry mm. McLaurin's week back. This is the week that uh, he's had a two-game slump. This is where he shines. This is where Logan Thomas shines. Uh, if Antonio Gibson comes back, he's going to do well. Uh, Seattle has no defense. No. Washington has a little offense, but they do have mm. a little bit. They have better of an offense than Seattle has a defense. So I think that they will absolutely be able to score with Seahawks. I tell you, Josh, give Dwayne – if Dwayne Haskins can be that guy, Maybe, maybe if he could sit. I mean, Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for a year and learned a lot. Granted, he had Andy Andy Reid, but hey, maybe Alex Smith becomes the new Andy Reid. If Dwayne Haskins can become just a serviceable quarterback, a serviceable franchise quarterback, you know, nothing great, just a Ryan Tannehill, a mobile Ryan Tannehill. Behind that defense, Josh, this team is going to have a bright, bright future in Washington, whatever their name is going to be. Have we discussed that? What's a good name for them? I mean, we talked about it whenever they were first looking at uh, changing their name. We had the – We probably did a totem pole for it. We probably did the Red Wings. <laughs> the, the COVID days. <laughs> the Wolverines. I don't remember what all we said. Oh, I think we were on the a dog train for a while, types of dogs. Ooh, we were, yeah. We were deep down the dog train. <laughs> uh, Josh, did you, speaking of that, did you ever finish The Office? Uh, no, I did not finish The Office. I got very close, but then I started watching Shit's Creek – and then I stopped watching TV altogether. The only thing I watch now is live sports. Live sports, that's all we watch because that's all it's on, Josh. It's, that's all it's on. College basketball. Have you watched any college basketball? I've watched a little bit of college basketball. I've been watching a lot of Oklahoma State, Cade Cunningham, Cade Cunningham. Uh, future Heartbreaking City Thunder player. There. Yeah, we don't see college. I'm not big on looking back at losses. I look more yeah. uh, forward to the future. <laughs> yeah, why well, you got to bring up old shit? <laughs> yeah, we don't, we're not trying to get negative on the pod, bro. Moving on, Jaguars, Ravens, Josh, Gardner Minshew is all the way back this week. He is all the way back to the turf, lying on his back when the Ravens defense is going to be smothering him all day. I completely disagree. So, I'm – Josh, your Ravens are going to win, obviously. Your Ravens are going to beat the Jaguars. They're not going to cover this 13 points, though. 13 points? Oof, that is – that's I'm I'm also not going to say that they cover 13 because – uh, Gardner Minshew is back, and Gardner Minshew is a lot like Justin Herbert in the fact that they've both lost a lot of close games this year. 
and I don't think that the Jaguars are going to start winning now. So Baltimore Ravens are going to improve to nine and five, mm-hmm. and uh, this is going to be easy one. Hopefully Lamar stays in, doesn't have to poop, and hopefully they trust Gardner as that starting quarterback moving forward. Hopefully he has a good game because I do like Gardner, yeah. and I want to see him succeed. So hopefully he finds some success in this game. It's just a uh, – it's a tough test to be the starting quarterback coming back. Well, hopefully he has a good game, Josh, and, and they still decide to move on from him. He, and Gardner Minshew can go to a better team. I mean, I would love to see him on a, on a Lions. I mean, him on a Washington football team. Yeah, or New be Orleans. The, be the heir to Phillip Rivers and the Colts. Drew, or New Orleans. Yeah. Well, they've got their they've got their quarterback, Kyler. Who? What do you mean, who? They've got Taysom Hill. He, Josh, he's an offensive lineman. They, you know who they also have sitting back there? Mr. 30 touchdowns. Hey, where do you, what do you, so what's their plan with him? Just not just pay him and for yeah. look pretty on the bench? Yep, probably until uh, uh, sure. something happens to Taysom Hill, they're probably going to continue to use him. You know, I this is the upset alert for me for the week. Upset game of the week. Yeah. Cardinals are going to seven and seven. Eagles are looking to come back as contenders in the NFC East, making a push for the playoffs late in the season. Give me Jalen Hurts taking it to the Arizona Cardinals and that lack of a defense that they have. And I just don't think that they're gonna be able to keep up with Jalen Hurts. This is a quarterback not like Carson Wentz. This guy can move his legs. This guy's going to be able to throw on the run. He's going to take it to Arizona all day. And Kyler Murray's still battling back from injury. And the only option that they have is DeAndre Hopkins. So, actually, I'll take that back because every time I see a notification from uh, Kyler Murray on my sleeper app, it is to some guy named uh, Darnold and, yeah. or Arnold. And I'm like, I don't know who the hell this guy is. It's Arnold, their tight end. Yeah. But uh, he's great. He's, he's always pretty good. He's pretty good. Uh, I'm so, Josh, Cliff Kingsbury has shown the ability to confuse young quarterbacks before. Uh, so I, I'm going to trust Cliff Kingsbury in this situation to bring the pressure to uh, Jalen Hurts the same way he did to Daniel Jones last week. Uh, so I'm going to take the Cardinals in this one, so hopefully. I pray to God. Kyler Murray really needs it. He really We're looking at it. a Kyler, this ne- – oh, well, we'll save this game for last. We'll save the Super Bowl matchup for last. How about that? Let's do that. The Browns Giants. Yeah. Well, let's get into that one next. <laughs> well, you said you want to save it for last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The definitely not the Super Bowl matchup. Oh, oh okay, yeah. So the other wait, Super Bowl matchup. Got, gotcha, gotcha. So the Browns Giants, Sunday Night Football. Browns are only a four and a half point favorite at New York. Josh, I'm about to put my entire. I'm about to sell my parents' house and put and sell my house. Josh, I'm going to sell everything I own and put it on that four and a half. <laughs> I am right there with you. I think I might find a really good parlay this weekend. They, they have to know something we don't. I mean, I don't know what they what they could know. Listen to this, color. If this doesn't want to make you bet that right now, Freddie Kitchens is calling the plays. Oh, no. I mean, Garrett tests positive for COVID. Kitchens to call plays. This so, first is- off, I text you this this morning. How in the hell did I not know? Did we not know that Freddie Kitchens worked for the Giants? This yeah. this is a horrendous mistake. I mean, who else? There's another. There's obviously Jason Garrett, Freddie Kitchens. Who's the other name? There's another name there that's just hilarious. I, I'm blanking on it, but I mean, Josh, this is all going all going to be be dependent on the Giants' quarterback. 
So now Daniel Jones is questionable. If we can get my boy Colt McCoy in there, hey, maybe maybe that's what they're depending on. Maybe they're saying, hey, we're going to see if Colt McCoy plays or not. You know, we're going to keep that line around four and a half. So this is a double revenge game if Colt McCoy plays because that – and I was right with my take from the other episode. Daniel Jones was injured, and that was a problem. Uh, but Freddie Kitchens and Colt McCoy both used to be employed by the Cleveland Browns. Why the fuck is this a Sunday night football game? Because these are two teams competing for the playoff spot. They're trying to get in the hunt, my dude. Okay, Josh, the Chiefs and Saints are playing. Yeah, I know, I know. That's the super. That's the Super Bowl Super Bowl matchup. Do they hate ratings? What's going on here, Josh? I think that they're just hoping Baker Mayfield's going to draw the ratings to him. I don't, this should have got flexed out a couple weeks ago. Josh, they hate ratings. That's the only explanation to not put Patrick Mahomes on every primetime game. Let's move. Let's let's talk about the game. Chiefs Saints. I think they win by a thousand points. The Saints. <laughs> that's it. That's that's the funniest joke you said on this podcast. Is Drew Brees back this week? Uh, no, he's he's still on IR. Yeah, no, Drew Brees is not back yet, uh, and I think this is a. Uh, I think that Drew Brees could come back this week. I think this is a purely, um, oh, strategic move by Sean Payton not bringing Drew back yet, keeping him so he can mm-hmm. check out the Kansas City offense, playing well, them, seeing what his defense is able to do, seeing what they need to change up. He also uh, has a punctured lung, so, I mean. <laughs> well, and like eight broken ribs. But that's beside the point. I, I do think that Kansas City wins this game. I think that they're too, too tough to beat right now. But it will be exciting to see how they face against uh, the Saints defense. It will be a good test for this defense um, moving forward. The only difficult part about this is going to be uh, this, the Saints are going to have to sustain drives. They're going to have to keep the ball away from the Chiefs. And that's going to be the tough part for this football game because you can play, you can have the best defensive team in the league, but if you get tired and you get winded after, you know, four straight three and outs, then the Kansas City Chiefs are just going to continue to pick you apart and it's going to get ugly. I mean, the, the Chiefs can take the top off the defense at any point they want to. Tyreek Hill is the fastest man on the planet. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end we've ever seen besides Rob Gronkowski in his prime. Patrick Mahomes is probably the greatest shortstop of all time, but he chose to play quarterback, so he's going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, what the Saints have in their favor is they have a – they have a defense that can create some turnovers, Josh. I mean, they have some playmakers on that defense. So if they can create a couple turnovers, and I mean, um, it didn't work for the Dolphins last week, but if they can create some turnovers later in the game, maybe. Yeah, this is going to be my game of the week. I'm excited to watch this just because. Which I is think- why you put it at prime time, not 3:25. Yep. Well, you also have the Bengals playing in prime time <laughs> for your Monday night football game: Steelers versus Bengals. Both teams are dumpster fires at the moment. Um, the, I'm sure that the Steelers have to be the favorites for this game. Yeah, Josh, it's a 13 point. It's a 13 point line. What? What the fuck is good? Do they hate ratings? I guess so. They hate money. They don't want to make money. That's the problem. I mean, obviously, Josh, this was. I'm guessing this was scheduled before the season. You know, all these games were scheduled before the season. Obviously. So they were expecting to see Big Ben versus yeah. Joe Burrow, but that's why they have the ability to flex these games. Get this game the fuck out of my face. Get it, get it off of ESPN. I mean, does it, what's Josh, I'd rather see Buccaneers-Falcons. Yeah. Give me that. Or the Eagles-Cardinals. 
Okay, probably not. I mean, if you're, I mean, they don't have the ability to, if they have the, had the ability to flex that soon, for sure. I mean, I think a flex has to come at least like a week out, two weeks out. Yeah, two weeks out. I'm definitely, oh, I, I guess you're right. Jalen Hurts didn't take over till last week. I mean, I, I don't know. As Josh. soon as as soon as the game last week was over and I saw that Jalen Hurts played well, I would have flexed it immediately. Gave Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts primetime games. OU quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts trying to get the Eagles to a playoff spot. Kyler Murray's team's looking like a dumpster fire. Absolutely, I would have done it. Well, Josh. Embarrass the Cardinals on national TV. Oh. Um, well, Josh, that's about all I've got. I mean, there's a couple of big I – mean, a couple of ba- – College basketball games, I'm definitely going to be watching this weekend. I mean, Oklahoma State has their first ranked matchup against Texas on, on Sunday. So definitely tune into that. If we can get a win there, we'll, be, we'll definitely crack the top 25. Oklahoma State is playing some really good basketball behind Kay Cunningham and Coach Mike Boynton. Uh, Josh, do you have anything else before we get to this uh, conversation with Mike? I do not. I'm looking forward to a great slate of uh, football this weekend. A lot of playoff implications are going to happen this weekend. Teams really looking to clinch, uh, which is a scary thing for the New Orleans Saints going into this weekend against the Chiefs. This will be two weeks in a row where they have the opportunity to clinch that division, and I don't think that they get it done this week. Are you guys excited for this weekend? I mean, uh, you're – you're going to learn here in a second. This is this is what we call um, hardcore casual. This is the hardcore casual segment of Burst Your Bubble. And uh, the reason we call it that is because um, I'm I'm a casual fan, but in in that way, I'm a, I'm hardcore. So the the you know the final two fights of each day of each card, I'm definitely tuned in. I know all about it. The six fights before it, I'm probably not watching. You know, it's crazy because ever since I got into covering this sport, I'm the exact opposite. So I'll watch, uh, I'll watch a card. Oh, let me ask this too. Is this, uh, is this censored on here or do I have no. to watch my language? No. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll watch a card and I only watch the cards out at bars and I used to work for Sirius XM on their fight channel. And we talked about this a lot. Um, people are like, why do you, you could just watch them from home and like have work provide you with pay-per-view. I'm like, I want to get a pulse of what the casual fans are, are saying about the card and get a read on the audience. And uh, I'll be the guy sitting there going, man, I'm, I'm so excited for this fight and that fight. And people are like, why? And I'm like, maybe I know them or I know their manager or I've interviewed them before. And uh, sorry, give me one second. And uh, then I'll get to the co-main and main event. And I'll be like, fucking ridiculous. I go, you guys don't <laughs> even know what you're watching. <laughs> I, I, made a, I made a guy pay my bar tab. I bet my bar tab on uh, Izzy Adesanya and Paulo Costa. It was the end of the first round, and I go, I'll bet my tab he finishes it here in the second round. The guy's like, come on, second round? I go, second round. And when he did what he did, I was like, dude. I was like, are you kidding me? Dang. Uh, You had a a bunch of drink that night. I did. (laughs) But but also, I mean – after that first round, if you I was watching, you know, pretty closely at home on a you know a big screen TV, and I was watching, you know, they have the, the the tweets pop up and the commentary from notable fans, notable media members, and they showed three, four in a row saying that Costa won the round, and I'm like, Stylebender's about to end the fight. What do you what do you what fight are you are y'all just watching highlights of him? I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah, no, that was so that's so bad. Like that is the only thing I hate about this sport. Like I have the Rams and Patriots on right now. We won't go into the halftime show of this game and 
the broadcast won't try to convince me that the Patriots are in this game. Like we know what we're watching. Yeah. I think the problem with covering combat sports is that anything can happen at any given time. So you almost have to play it neutrally. Like no one expected when Conor McGregor was getting his ass whooped to come out and beat Khabib in a round. Nobody was expecting that. You know what I mean? So I think that's the hardest part about this sport is that, you know, people always have to give the other person a chance no matter what, unless they're completely out of it. Yeah, you can catch one at any time. Any time. And, and it, changes, yeah. it changes the whole course, you know. And that's why people ask me, like, oh, why don't you do more betting and you should do more betting segments. Man, because every bet you have in, in a fight, no matter if it's Bellator, boxing, or UFC, it's 50-50. It is, you're, you're better off betting if the fight is going to last – X amount of rounds right. than you are betting who's going to win. That's usually what I look for too. And uh, let's, let's just go ahead and start there. I mean, you're listening. Thank you so much again, Mike, for joining us. You can follow him at Mike, or I'm sorry, MP2310, MP2310. Follow him on Twitter there. He's the host of On the Mic Pod, uh, a part of the Blue Wire Hustle. Batch along with us. Shout out to Blue Wire Hustle. Give them a follow. Uh, also a writer for MMA News, the Scrap News, Cage Side Press. Uh, Mike, I kind of want to start with, uh, you know, the story of the month and maybe the year, fight, contending for fighter of the year, Davis of Figueredo, he looks so impressive. What do you think he does to Brandon Moreno this upcoming Saturday? So, Davidson Figueredo is a guy who, for me, like, I'm not sold. Like, even, even over mm. – or even with the win over Alex Perez, I'm not sold. And before we started, I was talking to you guys. I mentioned two names to you guys. Conor McGregor and Israel Adesanya. You know what the UFC did right? They marketed those guys to me, to you, to all of us, right? They said, this is our guy. They built him up. Now I get it. It's COVID, right? So really, during COVID, all you can do is market your fighter by having him fight. That's it. That's lit. You can't press conference. You can't That's go it. back and forth. And in a way, it's a win for the UFC, a negative for the fans because – the last true Brazilian true. that they tried to sell us on was Jose Aldo, who didn't speak any English. So Figueredo is, is now like that version from a marketing standpoint of a Jose Aldo. Great fighter. He's beaten everyone put in front of him, but we can't market him. So the mm-hmm. only way you can market him is to keep him fighting. Now, where the UFC shoots themselves in the foot, a year ago they wanted to get rid of this flyweight division. Mm. So you asked me about Figueredo, and I want to tell you, fighter of the year, one of the best in the world, and Joe Rogan said he's a killer. That might be right, but Mm. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid because I know what they said about this division. I have doubts that this division will stay around if a guy like Figueredo isn't the champion. So are you now going Mighty Mouse 2.0 on us? Are you just going to give him the lesser competition to keep him the champion because he's exciting? And that's no disrespect to Brandon Moreno or Alex Perez, but, I mean, this guy came into 2020 missing weight. Now because yeah, he's yeah. beating people, you want me to, to get on a high horse and this is the next UFC star? I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. And I, I, I want to uh, comment on that just a little bit. I think that's a little bit on the UFC um, moving toward – not having stars, not having that Conor McGregor, that Ronda Rousey anymore, where they're more focused on providing you the event, providing you the fight every single Saturday night, rather than 
providing you, you know, the star because then you're just tuning in for that pay-per-view. They want you tuning in every Saturday night. Well, to their credit, they're building up people the right way. And I'm going to give a shout out to one of my former coworkers at Sirius XM, Kelly Murphy, because she knows on this card, on the third fight, as I mm. look on it, uh, look at the bout order on Tapology. Billy Corintillo is fighting this weekend. He's fighting Gavin Tucker, mm -hmm. and that's a grudge match. I love me some Billy Q. Like, public plea to get Billy Q on the, on the Mike podcast. I love that guy. Like, he's just a guy that if he's fighting, I want to watch. Um, and the UFC Absolutely. is doing a better job of that. They're doing a better job of giving me a reason to watch every single Saturday. Part of why they're doing that and getting away with it is because, again, COVID. They're not scheduling press conferences. They're not having camera, you know, uh, remote satellite interviews with ESPN, even for their big fights. Um, I mean, they did it with Izzy and Costa, but I think now people are hesitant because they, they blew up that interview between Izzy and Costa. And people bought the pay-per-view and it was great, but uh, what happened? You know, and, yeah. and that, is, that is the story of the UFC this year. So I would argue with you, man, that I, I, I think the superstars are there. But I think mm -hmm. the performances that follow the hype are not. Jorge that, Masvidal. Right. I, I love Jorge Masvidal. I love George. Love him. This is not a dig at him at all. Stepped up on six days notice to fight Kamara Usman, who is respectfully one of the best fighters in the world. He's the champion. That fight was a sleeper. That fight would have put anybody to sleep. And you know what? From a, from a hardcore, Usman did what he had to do. But we just watched Masvidal six months before that beat the dog shit out of Nate Diaz. <laughs> I, I mean, that's yeah. what he did, you know? And so I am ready want to finish him. Yeah. And, yeah. And I want, I want something explosive after that. I didn't want five rounds of foot stomps and, and just getting by to do enough. I think in a full camp, Masvidal is different, but the stars are there right now because of COVID. There's not enough fanfare. And I think the performances, because usually when do fighters, when do you get those highlights, right? When do you get those sound bites? When the fans are asking the questions or when the media are asking mm. the questions, because everything's so restricted, the outside business of marketing and, and kind of advertising your fighters is gone. And all you have to do is market them off of their, their performances in the cage. And that's why a guy like Figueredo is marketable this weekend. Yeah. So, well, the, in a fight, you can't you, – you literally can't blame anyone else. Yeah. If the game plan is instituted there – now, if you have coaches or lack thereof, I won't mention UFC fighters who are going into fights without real coaches in their corner. I think we know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, but – you know, when you have that, like, that's your only excuse. But in a fight, like, it's a fight. And I'll tell you guys this. From the media to the fighters to the coaches to the uh, personalities behind the scenes to the people that are involved in the broadcast, more than ever, and I've, I've had some very, very good interviews in, in the football world, the MMA world is so open that I was mm. like, I feel like, I, I belong here because I want to be a storyteller. I don't want to be a sports yeah. radio host who's yelling at you guys or the podcast host who's yelling at everybody saying, I'm right, you're wrong, and this and that, and engage in clickbait interviews. And to further answer your question, once I got into UFC and I'm doing this podcast thing, 
Well, then I started watching Joe Rogan. And as mm. long as I haven't missed a UFC event, I haven't missed a Rogan episode. For a while, I was only watching the fight ones or the coaching ones. Anyone that I knew he was interviewing, I would watch. But then I was See. like, I was like, wait, I, I want to get better. I, I want to, I don't want to just learn about the fight game. I want to learn about life. So I started listening to every single episode with marine biologists and people who believe in aliens and uh, just rappers. And I'm like, dude, what is going on? But I got fully entrenched into it. That's funny. I've also, I've also watched every single fight comedian. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it just makes you, it makes you look at everything so different. And I'm not trying to sound like a mid 20 year old guy. Yeah. Who's like, not me either. Joe Rogan is the world and anything he says goes. There's a lot of things I don't agree with him on. But I, I go back to he interviewed a fighter. I won't mention who, but he interviewed a fighter. And the fighter had some issues with people thinking he thought the UFC was racist. And the guy kind of mm. always fell into the comment section on social media. Yeah. And he said something to the effect of, man, they don't want me to be champion. And Rogan said, who? What are you talking about? Are you talking about the comments? Are you talking about people on social media? He goes, listen to me. You are the fucking champion of the world in the UFC. That belt right there in my studio, that's, that solidifies everything you do. And normally, I mean, you guys are in the business now, and this is a great podcast. Appreciate you. There, there's a very fine line to being able to do that. You know, I can't, I can't have a, I, I can't have a Davidson Figueredo on the podcast tomorrow and say, well, I can't have Tony Ferguson on the podcast tomorrow and go, Tony, what the fuck is up with you, man? Mm. He would go off on me, you know? <laughs> so it's all about building that trust and building that relationship. And I was like, you know what? If I'm going to learn how to do this for business, for my career, I'm going to keep listening because this is the respect I want. I want to be able to challenge my guests. I want to be able to question them and not just set them up like, and I've had to, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I know it's a very long answer, but no, I've, uh, I've had to let my interviewees, I had to let my guests know since really the COVID times, because I feel like we could talk about the sport. We could talk about the fight all day long, yeah. but just like you guys are asking me, I want to ask you like, coach, what makes you want to coach this person or, or what mm. happened in your life that you wanted to coach? Oh, you used to work with a former MMA, uh, you know, legend. What got you into that? Why did you go down this path? And what is it like living in Las Vegas? Like all these things I'm curious about. And you just start to realize you just, you take out that I'm interviewing you because you have a fight coming up or I'm interviewing mm. you because you had a big game in the NBA. And you just realize like, now they want to talk to you. Now they want to tell you a story. Now they yeah. want to tell you something they've never told anybody. So all of that long, long answer, that's why I got and how I got involved in fighting. Yeah, yeah that's and, great because I mean that's exactly what we've done with throughout all of our interviews. You know, we don't just you know we've had on uh, a couple of we've had on a professional boxer, we've had on a couple of coaches, mm -hmm. and it's not about you know what's going on at that moment. You know, there might be something great going on that we get to talk to them about, but it's more about getting to know how you got to that point in your life and what direction are you heading because you know all of us you make choices on two things: the way mm -hmm. you were raised and life experiences, and everyone has those things different. So it's awesome to get to see the wide variety of people we have on the show and yeah and that's why i really asked that question 
Yeah, and really, I mean, that was just five years ago was that McGregor Mendez fight. So it's yeah, it's it's quite amazing how far you've come since then. And you know, you've uh, obviously learned a lot uh, since you've been covering the UFC. And, and I want to ask, you know, you said you haven't missed a card. Does that include? I mean, you've just been writing since then for the for um, on Twitter, or, or you start a blog and get picked up? How did that happen? So my writing started when I was in high school, um, wrote for the paper every once in a while. Mm. I actually went to uh, a college in New Jersey and was writing uh, for a different college, which I thought was the craziest thing. I'm like, I'm not even a student here and you guys are letting me write. That's great. Mm. Uh, let me get a discount on my tuition if I transfer. But in all seriousness, I was doing, uh, out of high school, I uh, – I decided that I was going to take a semester off after graduating high school. I was just going to run a sports website. All your clickbait, mm -hmm. all your quotes, all this, all the, all your news, all that. And then, uh, you know, life happens and you just can't do it. Um, I'm happy to say a lot of the people that worked with me, uh, and I guess I can apologize to them because I never became rich. I never made any money off of that site. Neither did they. But one has got a job at SiriusXM. One mm. works in LA and Fox Sports, and another one I think just got put on the Professional Writers Basketball Association. So happy for those that came, you know, from my from my team. But um, you know, writing about fighting became I just took all my sports writing and adjusted it into the fight world. And you know, I want to give a shout out to somebody uh, who is I would say a very close friend, and you know. I think, you know, when you guys want to ask me about the fight game and the fight world and interviews and writing, you know, and, and the stories, you know, I look at a guy like Jared Gordon and I'm not going to tell his whole life story because I don't want to say anything too much. And his story is out there, um, you know, but this is a guy who was facing 25 to life and has had drug overdoses, had zero reason to, to believe in himself. Mm -hmm. Now he's in the UFC. And I could tell you guys, you know, without getting, you know, too personal, but every time I've needed a friend outside of my actual best friend, I've called Jerry Gordon and he's wow. answered every single time. And it's that yeah. human factor of the way I've written when I've interviewed these fighters or, or people in the fight game and how I've talked to them that keeps me in this, this sport. And, you know, so for writing for me, um, well, I want to get your thoughts on it, but uh, also it was obvious that Roy Jones Jr. was there for the payday. Um, and, you know, obviously reasons why. I mean, fighters don't get paid that much. Junior Dos Santos is fighting this weekend. He is on the main card. If he loses, is this his last fight? So I need you to answer both those questions. Okay. So the real quick side story here. Jared Gordon and I are having a conversation the week of UFC 225 in the uh, fighter hotel in Chicago and Roy Jones Jr. walks by. And just to give you guys just a glimpse of who I am when it comes to fighters that I consider friends, Roy Jones Jr. walks by me, a freelance media guy in the combat sports world. And Jared stops the conversation and goes, don't you want to go track him down? I go, nah, I'm talking to you. And just his look and his face was so hilarious because 10 seconds later, here comes Paul Felder. And I'm like, holy shit, it's Paul Felder. And he goes, dude, that was just Roy Jones. And I go, I don't care. That's Paul Felder. Those are two of my favorite people in the sport. But uh, listen, I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think Roy Jones needs it. 
I think Roy Jones has made mm. plenty of money in his life. I think in boxing, again, to compare the two, in boxing more than in MMA, ego, ego is such a driver in boxing. And I think Roy wanted that fight. And, well, man, Mike hasn't boxed in 15 years. I haven't boxed in three years. I still got it. You know, he's probably smoked a lot of weed. He's probably not going to take it. He's probably not going that hard like we see in the videos. And he's old and I'm old and who knows what will happen. And, and that's what I think Roy thought. And uh, I really do think, you know, people said, oh, Roy, you look tired. No, those body shots hurt Roy. And I believe that mm. they did. And, and, I, and I do believe that uh, Mike Tyson was going for the knockout. I really do believe that. I, I disagree. I think I think he threw one or two punches that I mean, if they would have hit, if they would have connected smoothly, would have knocked him out. I think if he was really trying to, he could have in the. Who, oh, by the way, scared the ever living shit out of me in my only mm. visit to uh, American Top Team a couple years ago. Um, one of my favorite stories is I. I I had I had the opportunity to train with one of their coaches down there uh, who's no longer there. And uh, first of all, that's the worst. You never want to walk into an elite MMA gym just trying to learn the basics because you walk out of there hating everything about your life. Mm. Um, but I, I'm, I'm resting up. I'm getting some food from their little fruit bar. And uh, I just hear, hey, hey. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, what is going on? Like, is Mountain from Game of – like, wh who is here right now? And uh, I, I walk outside and running up and down the hall of the gym is Junior Dos Santos. And he stops and he's walking side by side with me as I'm pouring and sweating. He's just getting started. And he goes, you have a good workout today? And I go, yeah. And he goes, looks like it. And I go, okay, well, I'm also, does it look like I just shit my pants too, Junior? Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you were doing, but it looks like you were only running. So if Junior Dos Santos goes running around South Florida making those noises, I'm throwing my wallet, my keys, my purse if I had one. You just take it, dude. Don't even need to confront me. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. He said this week that he's going to keep fighting until that belt is no longer a possibility. And in the heavyweight division, I think it could be a possibility for a lot longer than it could be, let's say, if it was in the lightweight division. You know, I just mentioned Paul Felder. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if Paul Felder is going to get a crack at the time. Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee, Tony Ferguson. I don't know if those three guys who absolutely deserve it, it, it with a few more wins, get a crack at the title. Because in a, in, a, in a division where the stars are there, and I'm not saying Stipe Miocic and Francis Ngannou aren't stars. John Jones. John Jones now at heavyweight, right? But John hasn't fought yet, so you can't sell yeah. him yet. But – with, with, a, with a division with Poirier and possibly Khabib coming back and Connor's back, uh, Michael Chandler's there, the line keeps moving. Well, the past three years, the heavyweight division hasn't moved at all. That's why Francis Ngannou is pissed. So when a division is stalled out like heavyweight is, I look at a guy like a Junior Dos Santos. Losing the Cyro game this weekend would be brutal for his title hopes moving forward. And he's going to have to hope he has a resurgence like Glover, uh, Glover Teixeira does at 205. But, it, you know, with a loss, he's not done. But those title hopes go away a lot sooner than he thought. And I think he only has a couple fights left after that. 
So you mentioned John Jones. I watched his video today and was kind of catching up on him. He looks really good at 240. He looks really good. So what do you think is going to happen with him? Yeah, who, well, who's his next fight? Break the news. Uh, well, I don't have – Oh, I'm come not, on, I, man. I'm not, yeah, listen, I'm not my good friend Ariel Hawani, and, and shout out to Ariel and everyone at ESPN. They do a great job there. But um, so I truly think – Curtis Blades fights John Jones in wow. his heavyweight debut. Okay. And I'm not saying that because I'm a friend of Curtis, but uh, I think Curtis is getting under John's skin. Um, if you look at, you know, right up to this fight with Derek Lewis and, you know, uh, Curtis was saying some stuff about John. John was going out of his way to retweet or, or to tweet out Curtis's quotes. And, you know, Curtis said, hey, listen, I'll fight John Jones, but not for $200,000. And, I know we've done this thing in the past in the UFC where the superstars get superstar treatment and they jump into a title shot, but you're going to lose your cash cow in the heavyweight division if you don't give Francis Ngannou that title shot. And I love John and I love Stipe. Francis makes you the most money because you hold on to your legs and your seats and your butts and you go, holy shit, one punch could shut this entire arena's lights out. Oh, my God. That's why you watch Francis Ngannou. When he killed Alistair Overeem, that's mm. when you started paying attention to him. I went to Francis, one of his first fights in the UFC. It was in Chicago. And all due respect to Francis, who I've had the opportunity to talk to, I said, this dude looks like they pulled him off a movie set. <laughs> and and I, thought, I thought the fight was stopped too soon until they played the replay on the big screen. Not even no. close. Mm. And, and so, you know, for me – you have to give your cash cow in Francis Ngannou. You have to give him that title fight. How much better has he gotten since he fought Stipe? And, and, and what do we know about yeah. Stipe and, and Francis anymore? Hey. That's been three years. And or Stipe, Stipe took some bombs in that too. And Stipe's oh. gone through a lot. So, so for Francis and the UFC, this could be a time to really push that. And then you're possibly looking at Adesanya, Francis Ngannou, and Kamaru Usman as African champions. I mean, now you open up a whole nother market. So I think you have to go Curtis, John Jones, because it looks like Curtis is getting under the skin of John Jones. And people have said, John can't finish anybody anymore. People have said, where's John's, where is John's wrestling? I know Izzy style wrestling very well. He, his coach, John coach's gym is 20 minutes from me here in Chicago. Yeah. I've seen him train some of the best. You don't think taking on the most powerful men in the UFC at the heavyweight division isn't a test of ego to John to say, I can't take down the guy with the most takedowns in, in UFC heavyweight history. Watch me. I right. can't take a punch from Francis yeah. Ngannou who might beat Stipe Miocic. I can't beat the greatest heavyweight of all time in Stipe Miocic. John's got three opponents right there. And I'll take three fights. I'll take two fights from John at heavyweight. Two before we get the Adesanya fight. He's got four okay, fights. See, yeah, I, I just laid out four fights for you guys for John Jones. It shouldn't be this hard. And I think okay, once yeah. Conor McGregor comes back, we'll see John Jones fight. And I, I'm going to lay out the uh, Israel, Adesanya, Israel Adesanya's path to that fight here in a little bit. But uh, sticking with the heavyweights, when do you think we see that? Because I agree with you. We need to see those four, those four guys match up against each other. When do you think we see that Stipe uh, Francis Ngannou fight? 
So you guys can mark it down here. It's 9.15 Central Time on December 10th, 2020. I think we start to get the stars of the UFC back once Conor McGregor competes. I don't know where we'll be at, at UFC 257 on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. I don't know if that means that we'll have vaccines for COVID over there and, and Abu Dhabi will allow fans in. But let's just go into this magical world where they do. And everyone's safe. And it's like boxing was with Spence and Garcia. And you have 10% of a, of a stadium allowed in there. Okay. I don't care what Dana White says. He will take any stadium that allows fans in the stadium. He'll do it. And, and I'm not trying to bash Dana. He needs to do it because he knows the money is there to be made. So I think once we see the biggest star in the sport come back, we'll start to hear the rumblings of when is Adesanya fighting again? When is John Jones fighting again? You know, all, all of the stars will get them back. It's no, guys, it's no secret why Max Holloway and Calvin Cater, which is a banger, is happening, happening a week before Connor. Here's I your little appetizer. Wait. Here's your appetizer. I'm, we're getting uh, Hamza Chamayev and uh, Leon Edwards on that card as well. No, he, uh, I, th I thought it was canceled. Uh, he has, he's tested so positive for COVID. It's, it's rescheduled to uh, January. Oh, okay. Oh, it is for that. Oh, it's on that card. Wow. That card is going to be stashed the, in. Uh, I, I think it's on the same card as Holloway and uh, Cater. It might be, I'm trying to check it right now. It might be after that, but wow. uh, that's in January. So the good thing, and people are, and I don't know if this was, I don't mean to hopefully not jump into your question, but people are looking at, oh my God, how could the UFC cut Yoel Romero? How could they let Anthony Rumble Johnson uh, go, go over to Bellator? Well, we haven't heard from Rumble in X amount yeah. of years. Um, the, the people who should be happy that he's not there are guys like uh, Darren Till, if he really was going up to light heavyweight, and the entire light heavyweight division. Uh, Israel Adesanya should be maybe happy because uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson without – Daniel Cormier and without John Jones, in my opinion, is likely the champion at 205 pounds. I don't see how he makes it, hmm. but you know, I also don't know, uh, don't know where Bellator plans to, uh, to place him in fights. Meaning when you do fights at the Mohegan Sun Arena, yeah. the commissions are a little different. Um, yeah. there's USAD is not banging on your door. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, yeah. Um, as they, as they should not be. Uh, I think, I think, uh, Rumble Johnson, he he wins that two hundred five and the heavyweight title pretty easily, huh? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I mean, listen, he's gonna. Well, I mean, Bellator, not easily, but you know, he'll he'll probably take on a guy. He'll probably take on Ryan ba Ryan Bader for that. Yeah. Um, Who but, John Jones killed? He did kill him. Yeah, right, right. So uh, yeah, so that fight actually, guys, is scheduled for January twentieth. So Dana said this recently, um, in in a post fight event. He said that they were going to do Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday for the first oh, run of Wednesday. Fight Island. And uh, I, it looks like that's what they're doing here. I just pulled up the card. Uh, there's only three fights announced. So it looks like we're going to get Holloway Cater Saturday. Then we're going to get a middle of the week, January 20th, uh, Wednesday card. And then we're going to get Connor and Poirier, too, on the 23rd. So wow. uh, thank you to the UFC. Yeah, again, no doubt. I, I mean, again, this is, you know, I was getting a lot of heated conversations during the beginning of COVID because 
people might not like him and people may say he does fighters wrong and this and that. Dana White wanted this to happen and he made it happen. And there's not many commissioners or, or presidents of leagues in, in any sport who were so aggressive in getting back. And look, they have protocols in place. I know that from talking to people on the ground there. Listen, it sucks when Leon Edwards and Hamzat get, you know, bailed on. It mm -hmm. sucks that this weekend we go from a 14-fight card to a 10-fight card. But guess what? To fight 1 to 10 in the main event this weekend is a banger. banger. All 10 fights. If you're, not a, if you're not a casual fan and you don't know who David San Figueredo is or Brandon Marano, which a lot of people will say this weekend, if you actually know what you're watching, you're yeah. hyped for this weekend. Um, yep. So, you know, I just think that they've done such a good job handling all of this despite, you know, the times, especially with cases going up. So yeah, how so, has so this all made your job more difficult, yeah. uh, you know, throughout the pandemic? Obviously, a lot of things have changed. So what has changed for you and what you've done? Well, uh, maybe talking to you guys is what I needed, and I'm not just blowing smoke here. Um, because anyone who follows me on social media knows a few things. One being I'm very open. Uh, I use my social media almost as my journal. Mm -hmm. And uh, I lost a, a really good friend back in August. And uh, wherever she is, she's definitely pissed because I haven't done a podcast <laughs> since. Um, she, uh, you know, for me, it was, it, was, it was fun in April and May. I, I, I'll go back to, to that. I, I remember sitting, if you really want to get into the dirty of what COVID has done to me, uh, shout out to a guy who I learned so much from, and he thinks I'm a moronic loser, which is great. It's fine. Uh, Luke Thomas, now over at CBS mm -hmm. Sports, but I worked with him at SiriusXM. And, you know, I remember for whatever reason, it was COVID was getting really, really bad in that area. And Luke actually ripped me on air because my birthday is St. Patrick's Day, and I want to say it was March 15th or 16th that we were doing this show and I, it was a Monday or Tuesday and I had gone out the weekend before. So I think it was a Monday. And I said, ah, Luke, I'm not going to lie. I went out for my birthday. And he goes, you're a moron. You could be the reason why this virus spreads. And, you know, lo and behold, he was absolutely right. Uh, looking back at it. But I remember sitting in the Sirius XM studios in New York city when the UFC announced their next three shows were postponing and then ultimately canceled. The phone lines lit up, and if you guys want to welcome to the media world, I was the only one in there for about an hour, and we have to answer all the phones. I've got to get all the accurate news over to Luke, who is in charge of running the show and might throw to me at any point to deliver accurate information. It was my welcome to radio moment. Uh, you know, I even got Luke a little pissed during break because he was trying to communicate something to me. He didn't know I was on the phone. It was... It was one of those things where I learned so much about life and the business in that moment. And I'm thankful to Luke for that. You know, and Luke said, hey, you know, it's spur of the moment. This is crazy shit. And I know you're trying your hardest, but we just, we, we got to be on top of it. And, you know, after that, when we started working from home, I was going crazy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm no longer with BJ Penn, but for a while, I had a, a YouTube, I don't know if they'll take them down or not, but I had videos on their YouTube channel where a guy who I have a lot of respect for, Eric Nixick, head coach out of Extreme Couture in Las Vegas, we went through and broke down uh, multiple, you, you guys, football fans? Oh, yeah. 
Okay, you know Gruden's quarterback camp? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so me and Eric Nixick basically did that. We sat down, and we, we couldn't watch it because it was UFC Fight Pass, and we couldn't put it on the screen. But we, he was like, all right, stop it here. And we would tell people, hey, it's almost like watching a fight companion. You couldn't, yeah. have, you couldn't have the video on, but you could follow along. And he was telling me, like, this is what I called for here, and this is why I called for it. Look where his hand is. Look wow. where his head is. And I was like, holy shit, I am learning so much. Wow. So that when the UFC came back, I started firing interviews, uh, you know, thoughts out there. Just I, The pandemic helped me in how I watched and, and discussed yeah. the sport. But then once these personal issues came up, I've put a pause on everything really up until up until talking to you guys. This is really the first time I've talked publicly on any platform since, you know, the, the passing of my friends. So really, to, from me to you guys, it's a, it's a thank you. No, yeah. thank you, man. Like a, Honored to have you here. Yeah, honestly, man, thank you for that. That was, that was touching. Uh, kind of jumping from that, uh, let's get a prediction. So we, uh, obviously we have Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliver coming up. We have McGregor versus Poirier coming up. Is Justin Gaethje fighting Michael Chandler? <laughs> guys, I you guys are you're setting me up here, Kyler. I don't have the, the answers. I don't have. Man, you know you're in those text uh, threads with Dana. <laughs> no, I'll say real quick, and I and I don't. Hopefully, I don't come off as arrogant or a guy who who name drops. You know, talking to you guys, but you know, getting yeah. back to talking about this sport, I just have so much enthusiasm and. I know you're not supposed to have favorites and all that, but man, I really effing hope Chandler fights Justin Gaethje because I have seen Michael Chandler multiple times in Bellator. I've had the opportunity to talk to him multiple times in Bellator and no one thinks shit of Michael Chandler if they're a casual UFC fan. And it is going to take a dog like Justin Gaethje to make Michael Chandler stand out to these. Because if he fights a Charles Oliveira, I don't know what that does for him. If he fights a Tony Ferguson, I don't know what that does for Michael Chandler. But if he fights a Poirier, if he fights a Dan Hooker, who I believe is going to fight Nate Diaz, uh, who's another guy that could, this sport could really use back, um, Michael Chandler's options are Connor, Poirier, Hooker, or Gaethje. Those are the four that can make a sell to the casual UFC fan. You, yeah. you guys could ask me about fights one through 10, and I, we could have a legitimate conversation with you. But it, Adesanya said this very, very, very well earlier this year before his fight against Costa. He said, this sport is not for the hardcores, and it's not for the media. It's for the casuals, because the casuals are the mm. ones who pay, and the casuals are the ones who put money in his pocket so he can pay the bills. And it's the truth. So – as much as I talk about marketing fights and fighters becoming a star, Michael Chandler is a star. It's just right. going to take the right opponent for the UFC fans, casuals, to wake up and realize it. So do yeah. I think he fights Justin Gaethje? Yeah, I do. I hope. Could I see him fighting a Dan Hooker or, or Rafael Dos Anjos? Absolutely. You know, if Paul Felder would have won, I think that's a fight you definitely would have seen. But – uh, I think he can. I think a, a fight like a guy against like RDA. I think that that I think yeah. that's one that people will root for Chandler. And there's not I many see. opponents that I think fans want to root for Mike yeah. Chandler. Like I think they would root for him against RDA and maybe Oliveira, but Ferguson, Poirier, Gaethje, Chandler, a touted guy, that guy. 
Go ahead. Yeah. A, ta- a touted guy from Bellator, I mean, he he's – the UFC typically throws guys like that to dogs. So, I mean, I could see Justin Gaethje getting that matchup and starching him. Yeah, man, to, for you to say starching, though. Starching. Star- who ha- who ha- who's <laughs> holding the lightweight belt in July 2021? Tough, because I'm gonna be biased. I'm, I'm, I, I believe it'll be Connor. Hey, Connor? Connor? Yeah, I mean, why not? I, I think you have to really. I so think beat, fans. I think he beats fans Poirier. Then who? Terms. I think fans will have to come to terms with the fact that Khabib's not coming back. Yeah. Yeah. And if he does, it's not going to be for what the fans want. Okay, so fans would want him to defend that title, Connor rematch. Dana White wants George St. Pierre and, and Habib. And, and Dana knows that. And Khabib knows that. And everybody involved knows that. That fight's not happening at 155 pounds. We, mm-hmm. we saw what happened to GSP going up to 185 with his body. Okay? And for the same reason why he made GSP vacate that title is the exact same reason why. Dana doesn't want to admit it yet. That time will not be up for grabs because either Habib's going to go out 30-0 and 0 like he promised his father because he got his mother's blessing to come back and fight one more time, or GSP's going to win. And Dana knows a 30-something-year-old GSP is not hanging on to the 155-pound title. So mm. um, I do think maybe something happens where Connor and Poirier ha- have an interim title. Um, I don't know. I I, I don't know that I'm fully bought in on that, but I do believe that, again, I wish I had uh, a crystal ball and I could tell you guys we're going to have fans at UFC 257. The UFC is going to start to make revenue because when they make revenue, what happens? You can make more revenue. Once you Mm -hmm. figure out how to make money, you learn, you try to figure out ways to make more money. A title fight makes you more money. So, I think if they can if they can allow fans in, this is a wild pulled out of my ass uh, projection, but if they can let fans into the building at UFC 257, we could see an interim title fight in place. We could. Yeah. Not saying we you're, will, yeah. but, but that, that would be that, pulling that out of my ass. Now, in July, I mean, so look, Connor wanted to fight three, four times this year, and he was willing to turn around and fight in April. So give me January, maybe April. Maybe he waits until July and then fights in November. You know, that kind of seems to always be the Connor schedule early, middle, late when he was fighting three times a year. Look at his best run is when he fought Nate Diaz twice in one year, then turned around and fought Eddie and won two belts. You know, I think, I think the sport is good if Connor's fighting three times a year. Um, And I, and I think Connor wants to fight three times a year. And I think most importantly, well, he said that in January. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think the, the, the sport and the UFC as a company need Connor to fight three times uh, next year. So uh, he, beats, he beats Dustin, then he beats who? Justin or Chandler. Okay. I, if they fight, okay. I can't pick okay. a winner. If, okay. if they fight, I can't pick a winner. Um, I think and I'm going to get ridiculed for saying Justin beats – or Connor beats Justin. But uh, listen – there, there's a chance Tony Ferguson get, gets on a run here. And, you know, because yeah. what the UFC also is going to have to realize, uh, guys, is, is that at some point, like we did it early on, we've done this with Connor before. 
we gave them the poor Dennis Severs of the world, right? And then we 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 gave them the Diego Brandals and all these like smaller and a Max Holloway who was unknown at the time. But but then we gave then they fed him to killers and they put him uh, against the Chad Mendezes and the Jose Aldos and turned him right around for a Nate Diaz. Listen, you can only protect him every so often, right? You gave him the cowboy fight, great. All right, but now what, man? Now what? Okay, Dustin Poirier. Okay, I like yeah. it. I, I like it. But guess what? If you want your biggest star back and you want him to have a title, he's going to have to fight a Justin Gaethje. He's going to have to fight a top guy. He's going to have to do it because I don't think Connor or the UFC can survive on the seesaw affairs of him going up and down between 55 and 70. And if he continues to try to play around, and I just told you guys he's the reason I got into the sport. If he continues to play around with 170, somebody's going to catch him, and it's going to be a bad look for the UFC. Usman. And I don't, even know if it, I don't even know if Jorge. it would be. Jorge. That's exactly who I'm talking about. That's exactly who I'm talking about. And, and, I, and I have yeah. respect for all, all parties involved on that. And but to your point – to your point earlier about revenue, there's a reason we haven't seen, you know, a, a Conor McGregor, a Jorge Masvidal, besides on six days notice, a Nate Diaz, any of these stars that the UFC does have in this pandemic because there's no revenue. You, you time crunch your entire schedule of 2020. You get those 40 events on, which I think they're going to hit, which is why we're not getting a New mm -hmm. Year's card this year, which is usually a staple for them. You get everybody to fuck out of Dodge at the end of December 19th, uh, not this week, obviously, but next week, you get everybody off your cards. Everybody go home, rest, take a break from UFC staff and employees to fighters. Everybody relax. We'll see you back in uh, late January with Max Holloway and Calvin Cater and then get ready to ramp up because we got three events in 10 days. So the reason they're able to do that is that big ass ESPN check is going to come in and they're going to start having revenue and they're going to market fight week and they're going to market Connor. And then they're going to have that revenue come in. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier. After Connor fights, you're going to get your Masvidal. You might get your Diaz. You're going to get your Izzy. You're going to get John. Yeah, I, I truly believe that. I truly, truly believe they need that check. You got to secure the bag before you can set the future. Yep. And I think that's Absolutely. what they're going to do. Absolutely. Mike Pendleton, host of On the Mic Pod on Blue Wire Hustle, writer for a bunch of different places. Follow him at MP2310. MP2310 is his Twitter. Now, I'm going to lay out uh, Israel Adesanya's path to become the first ever three division world champion. So he's going to starch Jan Blahovich in the second round. He's going to head kick him. He's going to go to sleep. Jan Blahovich is old. Then he's going to fight John Jones in 2022 in Las Vegas, like he's been saying, and he's going to do the same thing to John Jones. I think he submits John Jones, puts him to sleep. I I think you're crazy. I, th I, so I don't think Izzy starches anyone that's not at middleweight. Mm. Um, because let's be honest, Izzy didn't starch Paula Costa. He beat his ass. Well, he, he, didn't, st he starched Robert Whitaker. He starched Robert Whitaker twice. Yeah. Um, but, but, and, and I'm not saying you, Kyler, but I think fans need to get out of this one hitter, starch, knockout, go to sleep, mm. Ben Askren type knockouts yeah. to build your star. Because give me Kelvin Gaslam, Izzy Adesanya, Please. 10 out of 10 times. 
uh, give me those dog fights. Give me those Max Holloway fights where Max says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish him right here. That's what I need from Israel Adesanya. I love George. I've said it 10 times on this podcast. <laughs> I love George Masvidal. But I prefer him beating up Nate Diaz to putting Ben Askren yeah, to sleep. Me too. I, I, I prefer it. And so I think, I think he can handle Jan Blahovich. In two rounds. And I, yes. And I think he goes to war with John Jones. Yeah. And I think it's an all time classic. Yeah. And I don't think it's a striking classic. No. Because I'll ask, let me ask you a question, Kyle. Who is mm -hmm. the best distance fighter, meaning they fight best in their range and out of their range in the UFC? It, all time, it's got to be John Jones. Right now. Maybe Izzy. Israel Adesanya. I had casuals at a bar tell me it was Conor McGregor because of the one-punch knockout of uh, Jose Aldo. I mm. go, Connor, Connor can fight it at distance, but no one controls distance the way Izzy Adesanya has. Mm. I would have given it to John as recently as two years ago, um, but he had to be an open same crew with a broken arm and didn't finish him. You know, those things matter. The way Izzy has managed to, to have these fights, to have a – he, he, he does this thing, if you go back to the Gaslam fight, Gaslam hurt him. But because you don't want to stay in front of a guy who can disappear at any point and then get back his range, he went for a takedown. And if yeah. you go back and watch that, that takedown cost Gaslam the fight because yeah. he was able to get back to where he needed to be. Uh, if you look at the cost of fight, whatever morons were saying cost the one that first round, need to stop watching the sport. Boxing needs new media people anyways. Um, so... You, you look at the way he handled Costa, that was all range. So for me, man, I see a John Jones with something to prove. Like, hey, kid, I've been here this entire time. You just got here. This is my yard. Uh, being able to close distance, but then control distance. But how can you control distance over a guy who's currently the best at doing it? So I think it's a game of chess, not checkers between those two. So I agree yeah. with you. I do think Jan is a guy that Izzy handles. But man, when we talk about that fight against John Jones, we, we need COVID to be we need COVID to be gone or a vaccine. We need full stadium access, and, and it needs to happen at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. It's going to. I'm telling you. So uh, I've got I've got one last question. I think Josh has one last question. That's again, fine, guys. I'm I'm enjoying this. <laughs> no, for sure, bro. Thank you so much again for joining us today and, and spending so much time with us this evening. Uh, I wanted to ask you. Obviously, you know we saw Jake Paul and just absolutely flatline Nate Robinson the, um, before Mike Tyson. Uh, the Mike Tyson fight. So his brother is now fighting Floyd Mayweather. Um, that kind of caught me by surprise. I'm not really sure why that's happening. Uh, first, I want to ask you about that. Then, um, do you think that even gets a million pay-per-view buys? We almost did it, guys. We almost did the whole show. I you know. asking me about the Paul brothers and Floyd Mayweather. I, know. I really, I, I, I was, I was a little punched in the gut when you brought up Tyson and Roy Jones, but then you bring up the Paul brothers. Listen. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know you hate it's just in the news. It's hey, and, and I will say this: DC, DC said it's a work. Do you agree with that? Uh, I think it's a work because people are going to buy into it, and it's the it's the easiest thing in the world. You have Jake Paul beating up people you've never heard of, and then an NBA slam dunk champion who I'm taller than, yeah. and uh, you know he's telling people I'm going to beat Dylan Dennis. That's great. 
you're so bad at talking shit as a boxer that you call out a jujitsu guy. Yeah. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just throwing yeah. that out there. So then you call out Connor, and, and Connor will sleep. But if, if piston, listen, even Stevie Wonder could read the blueprint here for <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. All right, and no disrespect, but. You have a guy in, in Jake Paul who's calling out the boxing world and says, I'm taking boxing. Like, if I could not laugh right now, guys, I would look you dead straight in this camera and say, I'm Jake Paul and I'm taking boxing. I can't even do it. I'm taking <laughs> boxing very seriously and this is my life's work and I'm going to be one of the best boxers on planet Earth. That's what he believes. So Floyd goes, Floyd goes, you know what? Let me, let me fuck around here because boxing is – Boxing is always Floyd Mayweather's world until he decides he wants to give it to a Canelo Alvarez. Even the best boxers, even the Terrence Crawfords right now don't have the power of Floyd Mayweather. Yep. So, so Floyd goes, all right, you know what I'm going to do? I, I hear this little chatter in the background. Somebody in the back of the room is chirping in my ear. I'm going to go whoop his brother's ass real quick, and then I'm going <laughs> to call him out, and then I'm going to beat his ass, and I'm going to show the boxing hey. world. That's, that's the way to do it on that, the playground too. When you're on the playground that, and that one kid's picking on you, you go beat up his brother, and then after hey, you do with that, then he wants to fight you. I called that. I called that on the last podcast we had. I said this is the long play for Floyd Mayweather to fight Jake Paul. That's exactly what it is. That's exact. That's why I said hey. Stevie Wonder could see this because listen, Floyd knows there's no risk in this. Floyd knows there's no. nothing to lose in this. Yep. There's stupid amounts of money. For Logan Paul to release that video of the moment I found out I was fighting Floyd Mayweather, yeah. dude, you, first of all, let me just tell the same thing I try to tell people with the uh, Mike Tyson, Roy Jones fight. Please understand what you're watching before you buy it on pay-per-view or walk into a, a, a local establishment to watch it. Because I, I wish I, there was it's a an exhibition. I agree with you uh, completely. And that's the same thing I felt about Roy Jones Jr. and uh, Mike Tyson. That's exactly what the Roy Jones and Tyson was. Yeah, I for sure. I went to sleep. I went to sleep like Nate Robinson did. Mayweather. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what they're modeling it after. It's just not as good fighters. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's how can we make a quick dollar in the sport of boxing? And, you know, Dana White came out this week and said, boxing is so broken. I don't know where to start to fix it. I would like to see Dana open up a little bit more about what he thinks is broken. But because he doesn't do that, I just have to agree with him and be like, yeah, dude, this, this shit is a sinking ship. And yeah. Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, that little triangle in the heavyweight division. I know Anthony Joshua's fighting this weekend. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not, that still doesn't help me, guys. That doesn't help me in the sport of boxing. That doesn't help me as a Joshua fan. It doesn't help. doesn't help. I, I, how many boxing fans are super excited? Plus... We have Bellator and we have UFC, okay? That's usually what we have. The, I think the biggest difference between the two sports, and I've realized this as the years have gone on, is you look at who's the Bellator champ, who's the UFC champ. Those are your top two promotions in MMA, and I'll just use the easiest one to compare. I'll use uh, the welterweight division, Kamara Usman and mm -hmm. Douglas Lima. Man, yeah. sign me up for Kamara Usman and Douglas Lima all day long. Please, I'll take that fight. That fight won't happen. Now, if it's boxing, that fight happens because these promotions screw everybody over, come up with a ridiculous amount of money, get someone to buy it on pay-per-view, and then, they, then it's go time. Hey. Now, yeah. now, the thing is, that's the issue there because what you have is a bunch of boxers with a bunch of promotions fighting each other for the A through Z belt 
and then the X, Y, and Z belt, and then the ABC belt, and you can't keep yeah. track of it, where I prefer to go, I know I'm watching the UFC, and I'm watching the two best at this weight, at this point in the rankings, no matter where it is, if it's Oliveira and Ferguson, they're number two and number four, or, you know, Connor and Poirier, number one, number two, you know, outside of Habib. So go on and on and on, right. that, that trend continues. In boxing, I go, well, how is this guy the WBO champ, but then this guy's the WBC champ and the IBF champ, and how do they all make sense, and what are they really fighting for? Like, when right. you fight for the title, you're fighting for the title of the best at that weight class. But with 17 belts and 45 different promotions in boxing, you can't market it. You can't follow it. So what do you have to do? You have to pull YouTube stars out who are knocking out NBA players that can barely ride the rides at Six Flags yeah. on the yeah. roller coasters because of height restrictions. And you have to market boxing to, to me that way. And, and it's yeah. just it's terrible. Yeah, One thing is it all is a celebrity all-star game. I mean, that's yeah. what that's what you're doing to draw people at this point, not the actual people who do the sport for a mm -hmm. living. And yeah. it's embarrassing. And, and yeah. if I'm Errol Spence and, and Danny Garcia and Terrence yeah. Crawford and uh, Teofimo Lopez, I'm saying fuck you to everybody in boxing. You guys, I, this is maybe maybe I'm just amped up because I'm finally back talking about the sport I love. Why the fuck is boxing's biggest female star coming over exactly. to MMA? Clarissa, yeah. And, and Clarissa yep. Shields is going over to pro PFL. Sorry, PFL, what, but it's one of my one of my questions but, here was actually what is PFL? I mean, I, I don't even know. So PFL is Professional Fighters League. Used to be the World Series of Fighting, uh, PF, and that home of Justin Gaethje. Uh, PFL has a tournament style um, season where you fight multiple times. They have a tournament put together for about eight different weight classes. And when you win at the end of the season, you win a million dollars. They had started it for Kayla Harrison, who we're about to see again on Titan FC uh, next week. Um, you know, she's a badass chick. Um, you know, I think the heavier female weight classes are looking for uh, Kayla Harrison. They're looking for a Clarissa Shields. But if I'm Clarissa Shields, Man, I'm not making shit in boxing. One thing I was yep. very happy to do this uh, during this pandemic was I got to interview Heather Hardy, who I've always been a fan of, and she just told the truth about women's boxing. And it's disgusting, and it's sad, and it's sickening. I think male boxing is, is fucked up. Talk to a female boxer, and you just realize there's many reasons to hate boxing. So based off of that, why is your biggest star in the female side of your sport coming over to MMA? Now, boxing fans would be like, well, why is Connor coming over to boxing? Because he thought less of your sport and made a stupid amount of money. Because yep. I'm going to tell you, boxing fans, one thing, Clarissa's not getting rich, rich coming over to MMA. No. She's going to have to win that million dollars. She's going to yep. have to earn that million dollars. Will she make it through marketing and sponsorships? Absolutely. PFL will make her their cash cow. And there's going to be bigger opportunities for her. And if boxing is pissed, that, that, that their biggest female star is coming over to MMA and she's going to make money, then you should pay them more. That's mm. the biggest difference. Connor could make money in the UFC or in boxing. He basically just came in. I know Floyd walked out with a bank robbery mask on during that yeah. fight because he said he was stealing the night from Connor. But Connor came in and stole a big-ass paycheck, and it doesn't hurt him to go back to the UFC where he's going to get another big-ass paycheck. But it says a lot to me. That, that your female boxers coming over. So my question would be, why doesn't Terrence Crawford, a, a, a top wrestler, uh, you know, back in college, why doesn't he come over to MMA? 
I think you guys know the answer. I don't want to say yeah. it. I don't want to be disrespectful to Terrence Crawford, but why doesn't he? Why yeah. aren't we already – why didn't you start this the show off by asking me when do I think Clarissa Shields is going to get started in MMA? Because not anytime soon. Yeah. It's not a game. You know, Snoop Dogg being on Triller and talking to me about Nate Robinson and Jake Paul and it's uh, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones and that fight was two uncles fighting in the backyard and, you know, uh, a guy – Mauro Ronaldo, who I have a huge amount of respect yeah. for, said, you can't play boxing. Oh, we knew that already. We knew that already. But we needed a clown show and a circus act to tell you guys that boxing's a real sport. Absolutely. You could watch KSW or you could watch, uh, I forget what was on today, or Cage Warriors on UFC Fight Pass at, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> you could watch that and realize MMA is not a joke. You could watch the worst MMA promotion out there, and I don't know what it is, but you could watch the worst MMA promotion out there and realize it's not a fucking game. You could watch a boxing celebrity match and realize it's nothing but a circus act. Yep. Well, we, thank you so much, Mike. Once again, Mike Pendleton, Mike. you can follow him on Twitter at MP2310, uh, host of On The Mike Pod, part of Blue Wire Hustle, the uh, hustler group on Blue Wire with Kyler and myself. Uh, thank you so much for spending time with us. We're going to go into one last question here. And I was I had trouble picking it, but I'm going to go with this one. What is your favorite all-time UFC rivalry? Wow. Oh man, that's great. Hey, if you guys, if you guys have more and you want to ask, just ask me anything. I got nothing to do, but I honestly do think John Jones, Daniel Cormier, mm. and I, I say that, guys, because. I came in here telling you guys why I love this sport, how I got into the sport, and the, and the different side of how I try to cover this sport, which is the storytelling aspect. When I tell you guys, and my, my girl thinks I'm absolutely crazy because when we first started talking, she was like, uh, what kind of music do you like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I don't really listen to music. I, I mean, I do if it's on, but like, I keep up with music. But I'm like, oh, I'll listen to the latest Joe Rogan podcast. And she's like, well, what if you want to like get yourself amped up? Like, I just pick, like, my last five favorite UFC promos, like the three-minute promos, and I listen to them on YouTube. It's like, what? who am I talking to right now? Like, is this guy, like, a weirdo? And I, and I can tell you, as much as I love the UFC 205 promo, you can find all these on, on YouTube, these two three-minute promos to hype up the pay-per-view. UFC 205, uh, Usman and, and uh, Masvidal, love that. But my number one forever and always will be UFC 214, John Jones, Daniel Cormier, too. They took you through the story of John yeah. Jones. They took you through the arrest, the hit and run, the PED use. You had John admit, I get chills. I'm getting chills right now saying it to you guys. When he says at the end of the promo, I need to win this fight. I need to get my life back. Mm. That, that right there sums up the rivalry. Chills. It sums up the rivalry and it sums up what that fight meant to John and what John meant to the UFC and yeah. what the UFC meant to John. People shit on John all day long. And, and it meant the same thing for, for Daniel Cormier, who had a competitive rivalry to say, I think he needed the drugs. I think he needed the alcohol. Some people need that stuff to be who they are. Mm. There's not a fight anymore, guys. This isn't, this isn't a competition. This is two people who yeah. truly dislike each other. Oh, they hate each other. And, and, and I don't think they'll ever be friends. No, would I like no. to see it? Would I like to see it? I would. I would. 
I do believe if, if, if at all possible, whether it be on a private, uh, you know, security, uh, and it's like an eight minute video and, and, and Rogan says, great fighters need great fighters. And yeah. you can, you can go through all their media interactions. You know, the, the one that ESPN, the famous one on ESPN, when uh, DC says, I wish these, uh, they would let me next door so I could spit in your face. And mm -hmm. John says, I would absolutely kill you. And that was the big one right there for me. I know that kind of sparked it for me. But when DC says, John, you think I would let you just come over here and kill me? Like, yeah, what do you think I am as a man? Guys, we're not, we're not selling a fight anymore. We're selling the biggest rivalry yeah. I've ever seen in, in any sport. These guys literally just want to beat each other. Yeah. And also what Rogan said was left off the promo was uh, John just repeatedly berating him with uh, words we we won't repeat on this podcast, but it yeah. uh, starts with a P and just in, just over and over and over, just nonstop. Hey, are but, you still there? Uh, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Mike, thank you so much, man, again, for joining us. We're definitely going to have you on uh, definitely before the Holloway uh, uh, cater fight, January 16th. I've got, I'm going to leave you on one last hot take. John Jones and DC are going to fight again. No, absolutely not. He's still in the side of pool. He's coming back. <laughs> guys, thank you so much. I really love the pod. Uh, you guys got a, a loyal listener, and uh, I'll come on whenever you guys want, whether it's fighting or whatever you guys want to talk about. I'm in, and, and I mean this sincerely, guys. Thanks for pulling me back into the sport because uh, – I've been, I've been trying to get up every single day this week. And, you know, I talked to the people over at Blue Wire and shout out to Blue, uh, Blue Wire Hustle for, for putting mm -hmm. that thing together for all of us. And even a guy like me who's been doing it forever. Sometimes you need a, a nice little humble kick in the ass. And uh, being on their platform has done that for me. Um, for anyone who's on that Blue Wire Hustle uh, platform, I really commend you guys for getting after it, just like you two. Uh, I will be joining you all here very shortly. Um, but I really do think I needed to talk openly about myself mm -hmm. and uh, talk about the sport before I just jump back in. You can't go 150 miles an hour and crash into a wall and then Absolutely. get back into a car. And be like, everything's fine, guys. Everything's great. Like, let's talk about things like they never happened. I think me being open on social media about my life mm -hmm. has uh, gotten me to the point where I think I needed to talk about it. So thank you guys. And uh, I hope I'm, I'm joining you guys on Blue Wire Hustle here very, very soon. Yes, Absolutely. Sir. We've got a we've got a segment called the Totem Pole that we're going to have mm -hmm. you on. It's where we pick the top three and bottom two of a certain subject. We've done uh, little Debbie uh, snack cakes. We've done uh, sports things. We do it all. So we'll have you back on to do one of those next time, too. For sure. All right. I'm going to need a heads up on that because yeah, we'll uh, do. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of interest in anything if it's not, I don't know, video games uh sports and well, hey, between okay, I promise you between the three of us, we will find something, uh, <laughs> something we can agree on. We'll get something guys, going. thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Mike. Later, bro.